0: From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap. A show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. These conversations are designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work. Together, we can solve big problems and maybe even change the world. This season of Innovators on Tap is sponsored by Husco International, a fast growing community oriented company specializing in high performance hydraulic and electromechanical components. With over 70 years of experience designing and manufacturing these components, Husco takes pride in collaborating with customers to develop innovative solutions. Husco has US locations in Wisconsin and Iowa, and global locations in England, Germany, China, and India a privately owned company that offers more than just a job, a career at Husco is an entrepreneurial experience full of incredible opportunities for growth, creativity, and innovation. Go to husco.com to begin your next adventure and put the lessons you've learned from the podcast to work. A lot of people talk about the need for change, but too few people actually do something about it. In today's episode, we talk with Dwayne Killings and Justin Ganey, best known as assistant coaches for the Marquette men's basketball team, but who decided this summer to use their platform to educate and bring awareness to social injustices by forming Coaches for Action alongside 19 fellow Big East coaches. We'll hear more about their work with CFA, but also go behind the scenes of Marquette basketball, where we focus more on what happens off the court than on it our conversation touches on the many leadership lessons they've learned from their long career in and around basketball, how you can create change in your corner of the world, regardless of the size of your platform, and the importance of connection in attracting and developing world-class talent. While much of their experience is focused on developing student athletes, it applies to all of us, including Coach Killing's advice, the sooner you know who you are, the more apt you are to accept your role and to become a star in that role. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. Dwayne, Justin, thanks for joining me today on Innovators on Tap. It is great to have you here. Thanks
1: for
2: having us. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Chuck. Really excited about being with you guys today. I want
0: to really get into something really unique that you guys have have helped bring together, which is creating Coaches for Action. And I know it's only been around a few months, but can you give us a little bit of an overview of what it is and how did this come about?
1: Yeah. So so Coaches for Action, you know, our league is interesting. Um, You know, we all kind of know each other. You know, there's like one or two degrees of separation, but um, uh, an assistant from UConn, Kamani Young, an assistant from Villanova, Kyle Neptune, are really close friends. And, you know, we always kind of talk about what's going on in the world. And as you're seeing these crazy images and these these crazy events that are going on in our society, you know, we started to talk about well, what can we do? So, you know, we said, why don't we get all the assistants together and, and just have some dialogue and see what comes of it? Um, and we jumped on there and you know, it was so cool, you you put yourself out there and you don't know how you're gonna be received. And that Zoom, you know, thing pops up and it goes from four people to 10 to 12 to 21 people. And I thought there was a lot of guys, like-minded individuals, guys that look like each other, that were trying to figure out how to use their platform, to use their social currency, to impact the communities that they're a part of the right way, but they wanted to do it collectively. And I think our business has taught us that, you know, to compete against each other, not to work together. But in this instance, we said, hey, we need to come together. And then, you know, we kicked around different ideas and we found three initiatives. Um, You know, the first one was the voting awareness, which I think everybody was doing, but we wanted to make sure that we were committed to putting our voice into it and try to amplify those messages. Um, The second one was a scholarship foundation that we've been fundraising for you know, there's 11 amazing institutions, um, great places that a lot of kids don't have access to. So we wanted to give, you know, not a Black student athlete, but just a Black student that wouldn't typically be able to go to a Big East institution the opportunity to learn in that environment and to prepare themselves to lead, um, to prepare themselves to impact their communities. And then the last one was the Black Lives Matter patch that we engaged with the league. There was a lot of steps involved. And I think we all learned a little bit differently as assistant coaches, um, you know, what it's like to what the president's processing and the AD's processing and the head coach is processing. And we had this great idea, but, you know, there's a lot of steps, but I think everybody came together and and we were um, able to partner on that. And that's something that will be on uniforms this year. And we felt like it was the right statement for our community, for our players, for each other as those 21, you know, black assistant coaches in our league.
0: So where would you guys like to see it go from here? I know it's, you're busier now, right? But you and you've got these three things. But you have this momentum, right? And momentum's a fragile thing, right? You get it and you got to use it while you got it because it can go away just like you guys know on the court. So is there something you guys have in mind where you'd really like this to go beyond these first three?
1: You know, there's 21 members at part of our group that represent 11 different programs that all have different challenges. So I think when we have our calls on Sundays, you know, there's different ideas that flow. There's text messages that go on during the week. And we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we impact our programs and make sure we make a print on this? And I think the biggest thing that we talked about from the beginning, we won't be in the biggies forever. We'll move on. There'll be other opportunities for us. But we want the next wave of guys to come in the league to take the baton and see the value in Coaches for Action because it's there. Um, and I know, you know, Justin's come up with some great ideas that we've done just in our program where, you know, that isn't necessarily Coaches for Action, but it is because we're, acting on things and impacting our programs?
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, DK made uh, a, a great point with the sustainability piece. I, I think um, that is the most important part of it because we there will be movement. You know, there will be coaches that leave. There will be um, guys that get different opportunities one way or another. And um, you want to make sure that all this work that has been done um, up until this point, can continue to to go and to grow, and you know it's not just a moment; it it really is a movement, and it's something that's that's there and it's it's, it's going to be sustainable and and it's going to last, and you know we'll be able to look back in I don't know twenty years and say, man, that coaches faction is is still going, it's still you know uh, helping people in different communities, and it's and 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 it's grown, and so I think that's I think that's big. I would also like to see. I don't know if it's a branch off or whatever, but for, for the student athletes to be able to get involved in it. And, you know, whether it's a, a student athletes for action uh, up under the, the coaches fraction, but something where they can get involved and, and they feel like this is a place they can make a difference. You know, I, I have three kids and, you know, they ask, hey, you know, wh- what's going on? What is all this stuff? What is it? Like, how can we help? What can we do? And, you know, I remember being a student athlete and you, you know, you, you want to, you want to be so much more than just a basketball player. You want people to know you more than just a basketball player. But a lot of times you don't either have the time to branch off and do other things, or, uh, you kind of worried about how to be perceived and there's so many things that, that happens. And so I think this is a, a great opportunity and it, and it addresses a lot of, uh, needs for our guys. It's like, you know, what What can we do? Well, he, here it is. He, here's what what you can do. Let's let's be a part of this uh, this movement. I think our, our first three initiatives are great, and we'll continue to build on those wh- where it makes sense and years will make sense. But, you know, I, I think those three, we can't lose focus on them. It's got to be something not only just every four years when there's an election, but voting is like, you know, uh, all the time. Every time there's a chance to vote, we, we have to, uh, you know, use that right. You know, one of the other things
1: I I think that we all talked about was, you know, we make this commitment when we go in living rooms that we're going to make these kids better, you know, students, better men, better basketball players. Right. And I I thought there was a comment from one of our members that there was a sense of guilt because you hadn't really done like you, you get caught in just scouting reports and practice and player development. But, you know, helping these kids grow as men and as leaders and having a voice and understanding how to use that, and how to articulate. And, you know, hey, it's great to use Twitter, but you got to go through and, and think about what you're going to put on. And it's great to go out there and march in our communities and 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 be supporting and doing great things in the community. But you also need to know what that represents and what comes with that, right? Like there's an expectation once you put yourself out there and people pay attention to you in a different way. So I think we, we all felt like hey, we have to do this for our guys, but then the next step was, we have to do something ourselves as assistant coaches because these kids look up to us. That's why it's p- we're part of the reason why they're here. And we need to be able to show like, hey, it's okay to speak out, it's okay to speak your mind. It's okay maybe to, to go ahead and, and, and have some hard conversations with some people and maybe think about doing things differently because in the end of the day, we made that commitment to them in their living room from day one. And, and a lot of the things that we're seeing are happening are happening in communities where these kids come from.
0: Well, you know what's interesting, guys? I I think you're onto something there. Which is, you have this incredible moment, right? You've started moving something along. You're demonstrating your leadership but what a better chance than for the student athletes to learn to lead like, and you'd learn by practicing, you learn by doing it. And, you know, I love this idea of how do you engage them to say, okay, guys, we want change. So what do you want to do about it? What do you think is the action? Because, you know, I always used to get a kick out of, especially young leaders would say, I want to be more of a leader. And I said, well, you know what the first step is? And they said, what? I said to lead, you have to actually do something because it, it doesn't just happen on its own. So I think you guys are really onto something amazing. But I'm curious, these issues you're getting at, they've been around you know, for decades, right? And you guys personally faced them. And we had these really horrible events that brought it to light and, and it started to get some momentum. Do you think this movement could have happened without those events?
2: I think it would have been tough without those situations to happen, to, to get to the point where America is right now, you know, because like you said, this isn't a new issue, and it's something that's been going on, and there have been people talking about it and 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 trying to raise awareness about it, whether it's um, you know, um, civil rights leaders, whether it's musicians, rappers, whatever, they 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 talk about all these different issues. But I think it, you know, it kind of gets swept under the rug because, you know, it it is not visual, you know, and something could happen and you don't really pay attention to it, but until you see it or it happens to you and you're really affected, then is when the change happens, you know, and it's beautiful, man. You, you see the, you see the protest, you see the outpouring, uh, and it's it is not just from blacks. It's not just from one um, race. It's from everybody. It's it's from everybody that that. You know, sees that hey, that's wrong. That that's that's not right. That shouldn't have happened. And you know, that's what I think is the biggest difference between now and and thirty years ago when we had the the Rodney King situation. Is is that, um, you know, we we have multiple examples of it. And, and now it's just like the whole nation is like, that, that's not right. That that's not right. We we all can can see that and accept that. Now let's do something about it.
1: I agree a hundred thousand percent with everything Justin said. I thought one of the other things was COVID, you know, you were home, there was a tablet, there was a phone, there was a TV and you were inundated with these images that, I mean, made people sick. But, but I thought also, you know, what were people doing? You go for walks You you go outside and get a breath of fresh air. But then there's these conversations as you're passing people. And then I think constantly it was like, well, what can I do? What do I do? Um, you know, I heard Justin talk about um, talking to his kids. You know, his kids are older than mine, his boys, his, his oldest boys. And you know, my kids are six and three. My thing was, it's a little harder to have that conversation, but I would never want them to look back on history and say, well, dad, what did you do during that time? And I said, I had nothing. I just sat in the house. You know, I, I just, I just uh, had a conversation on the cell phone. Well, no, I tried to, you know, impact my little corner of the world as best as I could. Um, I, I said this before somebody sent me this thing it, it's it's an old ad campaign by Procter & Gamble it's called the look and it's a guy um, moving around through life as a black man and you know at one point he's a father and he gets a certain look he's in the pool with his daughter and he gets a certain look he walks into a store and he gets a certain look but then at the end he walks into a courtroom and he, and he's the judge and he gets a different look and the point of it was you know, it, it's really hard to understand what it's like to be a Black man. And, and I've sent that to a ton of people. Um, and the response is always like, you know, wow, that that tells me a lot. I don't know that people took enough time to be aware that how hard it is. And there's a lot of great things going on. And people want that to cure it all immediately. But, you know, there's a great event, a great conversation that happens tonight at 7 p.m. Well, guess what? Our, our players, Jamal Kane. Thursday morning, eight o'clock, he's still a young black man, you know, in this world that doesn't necessarily change everything. It helps, but we still need to keep having these conversations. And and that's the hard part. You know, what happened through the summer, everything happened. There's been great work since then, but you have to keep going. You can't just stop. I mean, there's got to be multiple. We talk about it on the court all the time in practice. You got to make multiple efforts. Well, when it comes to all this stuff in society, you got to make multiple efforts. You got to be consistent.
0: Yeah. you know It's interesting. As I asked you guys that question, I was reflecting on where was I before all of this happened? And I'd like to think I was intellectually aware of some of the issues, but I agree, guys. I don't know that until I saw it multiple times with my own eyes, it was like, this has just got to stop. And it doesn't mean I hadn't seen individual events in the past, but I'm one of those who it took this event to get my attention and uh, and to get me to realize that we just got to do something different. So for me, if I'm looking at my kids who are a little bit older than even Justin's, and they're looking at their dad asking what he's doing about this, or we have people listening to the podcast who are wondering what they can do, what's the best way for them in your minds to either get involved or what could we do to support CFA?
1: I'll start with what can you do? Easiest thing, have a conversation. You know, like have a conversation. I I have some friends, you know, who are really great people. Um, and they'll say, you know, one of my best friends, or I got a really close friend or a really close worker that's black, I understand what you're going through. You don't know what it's like to be a black man every day. The challenges, they're tough. I mean, whether it's in the coaching profession or in the banking world, or, you know, living in a certain community and trying to raise a family and what comes with that. There's a lot of things that you just can't really possibly process, but the conversations are great, um, and they can be hard, and they can be uncomfortable. They're needed. There's also a lot of people that need support, whether it's coaches for action, or it's you know underserved, under-resourced schools or groups in your communities. Connect with them. I, I think there's so many different things that don't take a lot of money. Uh, what they're going to take is time, but what I do say is there needs to be consistent effort. You know, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, the feel good events that you do around the holidays and you go into a, a community center and you deliver a meal or a gift and then you leave. Well, those kids still have those same challenges the next week. You know, are you going to come back? For me personally, seeing people retweet and like a message means a lot. And I think when young people speak out, support them the best you can because they may be the next leaders of, of, of the world. And I think they need the confidence to keep going because I know we did, you know, an event here on campus and seeing Theo John and Samir Torrance get out there and speak was tremendous. But they also, when they were done, they're looking around like, did I do good? Did I do bad? I mean, it's important that we make them feel good and confident so that way they continue to grow. And in reality, Samir Torrance probably goes back to Syracuse. Theo probably goes back to Minnesota. But now they're armed to do more in their communities, which means our world gets a little bit better. I think those things are so, so important.
2: Chuck, the thing I would add would just be um, speaking out against uh, the injustices that you see and the systematic uh, oppressions that that they are. And, you know, using your platform to do it like we all have a platform, whether we think it's big or we think it's small. I'm like when, when you see something is not right, um, speak out on it. But. Sitting on it, not saying anything, is is just as bad, you know. It's is just as bad because you know that person, those people that you're with, you have a chance to change them and and to change their view or, or to help them see a different way. And and so, I mean, I, I would say speak out on it. But then the other thing I would say is just be compassionate and understanding. Like your journey and their journey is 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 different. Is different. And and just be compassionate to uh, what other people and 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 have gone through and and to get to where they are right now
0: if you're enjoying this episode and want to learn more about how you can discover the mindset to pursue the impossible please check out my new book the innovator's spirit where i explain the beliefs that lead to the behaviors that make innovation possible it is available on amazon or wherever books are sold. Now, let's get back to the show. Guys, I'd love to keep talking about this, but part of the show this season is to also just see about how you guys think as leaders. uh, And I want to go down a path and ask you guys a series of questions that we're asking all of our guests and just get your reaction to a couple different ways about how you guys think. So we're going to get started. And the first question for you guys is, do you think your personal success has come more from avoiding failure or embracing failure?
1: I've been super blessed. You know, my father taught me at a really young age the value of communication and relationships. Um, I got to the Charlotte Bobcats and Carl Hicks, J.B. Bickerstaff, Bernie Bickerstaff, Kenny Williamson, who's now passed away, and Frank Ross. There were like five guys that kind of took me in. They were all like coaches or, or, or front office guys. To Justin's point, they're all black men who saw an opportunity um, to mold me and prepare me. And what I learned, again, was reinforcing relationships piece. And that kind of took me through my career. But the best thing that ever happened to me is what happened when I went to UConn. I, I saw failure right in front of my face. And and that was hard, you know, to be in this business. And, and you're at this like thing where, you know, you just kind of going. You know, I go from the NBA League office to the Bobcats, Temple, UConn, life is good. Like, I'm like, hey, you just kind of ride it out, then boom. And I think that's life. You know, you, it's it's the climb and it's, it's the dips. I mean, you just go through it and you need to go through it because when you get to a place like Marquette, you appreciate it more. Um, you value your day a little bit more. You value people more. You value the great things that come with a job like this um and i think you value the relationships and, and i think those relationships are what help you get through the hard times but it makes the good times even better i mean it helps you get through COVID. it helps you get through social injustice i mean it's just relationships are so so important so uh, for me i i would say the failure has been the, the most important thing for helping me grow to this next step in my career is how I'd answer that question
2: yeah i i would i would say you know, a- avoiding, avoiding failure for me has has been my driving force. You know, at times you find yourself like when you do win or you, something great does happen it's like, all right, you know, you don't really enjoy it. You, you're you not like super excited because you're always paranoid of like what's coming next. And so I, I think that's been more of, of, of my mindset. And I think what it's done for me is is. You know, it's kind of kept me even keel It's kind of kept me like not don't get too high. Don't get too low. You know, you just kind of got to you got to ride the wave um, and, and just don't fall off. You know, just just don't fall off. Keep keep working. And it's also allowed me not to become content with any type of success or achievements that that you have almost to a fault.
0: When you guys are putting together a team to take on a significant task, like, let's say, trying to win a national championship, if you had to prioritize one of these two characteristics, what's more important, focusing on the brutal truths or creating an environment of psychological safety?
1: I I say the brutal truths. I I think the struggle for young kids is knowing who they are. I I think, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I think we're all trying to figure that out through life but i think the sooner you know who you are the more apt you are to to accept your role to be a star in that role like i like we need certain guys to be stars at what they do on the floor and i think the only way you know to to figure that out and to buy into that is to be brutally honest with guys um but going back to what i said before in order to do that there has to be an amazing level of trust and that trust is going to come from a very unique close relationship um and to get that you got to have great communication
2: i mean i i i think the brutal honesty is is needed my personality type i struggle with that sometime of just like being completely brutally honest with anybody you know and and i i find myself trying to figure out a softer way to, to put it to you. And, you know, whether that's, whether that's good or bad or whatever, but I, so I, I would lean more towards the psychological safety of things. Like, uh, as DK said, the trust factor is so huge and, and everything that we do as college coaches, dealing with these young men, um, doing the recruiting process, like, yeah, the number one thing you want to you, you want to establish is a transparent and, and an open relationship with these guys and, and their their circle. And so to do that, there does have to be a, a level of trust from them and, and a level of like this is a safe space. I can say whatever I want to say. I can I, I, I can I can express myself how I want to and I won't be judged. And and um, and I think getting to that point. We'll get you to the point of okay. Now, I can hit you with some some real talk. When
0: you guys are confronted with a problem, are you more likely to try to think outside the box, try to build a better box, or say screw it, I'm going to set the box on fire and pretend like there wasn't one to begin with?
1: I like to think outside the box. You know, I like to throw out a lot of ideas. You know, why don't we do this? What what about this? See what other people are doing. But I. As you ask the question, I I think my goal though, is to build a better box. Like I wanna understand the competition. I wanna also understand how people fail. Um, I also wanna throw out ideas to see the temperature in the room, but the idea is to build the best box possible. Uh, You know what I mean? It's not necessarily to say like, hey, instead of building the box, let's, let's make a circle. It's just like, let's evaluate everything so we can do the best job we can with what we have right here.
0: You guys are in the business of recruiting players to play college basketball. You're basically experts on trying to identify people when they're 16, 17, 18, and trying to figure out how they will evolve and develop and be able to succeed at the college level. So when you're out there looking at kids – what do you think is the most important quality to their future success?
1: Right now, I think one of the things coaches talked a lot about was our culture. Um, you know, Toughness, competitiveness, selflessness. So my thing is, when we're looking at players, we should be looking at those three things right away. If they don't check those boxes, you got to be able to defend those guys for some kind of reason why they should be a part of our program. So I think those are three things. And to, to me, actually, as we've had the conversation, during you know the covid period i think you you have to identify your your core principles then you recruit to that i mean you know you're going to need certain kind of talent you need shooters you need a shot blocker but they have to address the toughness piece the competitive piece the selfless piece because if that's what you're going to emphasize every day then they have to be able to execute those things now some of it you can teach the guys I, I think there there are guys that can learn those things but then you have to evaluate them as a person are they a willing learner are they willing to buy into your culture and what what you're trying to emphasize and and then also i think the other piece that we're learning in our business right now is it's really important to evaluate the people that are around them their circles really really important um because you are recruiting that circle that circle's coming with them good bad and different now sometimes they get they go away they say okay you guys got them which is okay but sometimes they come with them and you want to make sure there's good people in their ear and and, in your you're inheriting people that they're thinking like you, that want the same things for their sons.
2: You know, Chuck, for, for me, and I, I learned this the hard way early on in my coaching career. And, um, you know, I, I became so infatuated with talent and skill and, you know, us coaches, man, we're crazy. We think we can change people. We think, oh, you know, once once I get him, you know, he's gonna be different. He's gonna do this and that. And you know, it's, it's really tough to break habits of a guy that's, that's been doing things for 17, 18 years one way. You know, you got to have a certain level of talent to kind of get into the door. But that, that separator is the character. You know, what type of person are you? Because if, if, if your values and, and uh, your character isn't around winning and um, they, they're not positive, you're going to have a lot of distractions and you're going to have a lot of things that's going to limit you from becoming the, the best version of, of you and, and, and who you are. So for me, I, I really look hard on, on that and at the character. And I, I try to ask as many questions I, as I can uh, about people that are around them that, that, that touch them, but that might not, the kid might not think I'm, I'm going to ask questions to. You know, you go into the school, you're talking to the janitor, you talk to the cafeteria people, uh, you know, you talk to the women's coach. You're going to get the real from kind of people that are, are around, but, you know, they, they don't really, the kid would be the least to suspect that that's who you're going to be asking about them.
0: Anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Anything you wish we would have talked about?
1: For me, I, I think what you're doing is great. Um, a platform. And I think COVID and Zooming and and I and I think it's made it more intimate and you can hear from people and learn from them and the articles are great, the books are great, but just hearing somebody deliver their story and, and, and their why, um, hearing their passion, you know, why they're good at what they they do, with the mistakes that they made, um, are are great, especially for you know young guys like me and Justin as we're trying to grow and navigate through this 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 crazy thing we call life. Um, and I'd also say, you know, that's why I think Marquette is so special. Um, and I know this is not just about Marquette, but there are some amazing people that want to try to impact the people in the world, but also really in our Marquette community the right way. Um, so I'm blessed and my family's blessed to be a part of that. And, and I thank you for doing the work that you're doing and also taking the time out to put us on here is, is tremendous because the company we're in, you know, i I can't, you know, Justin was a better player than me, so he probably is well-deserving of being in this atmosphere. Um, but but I'm very humbled, you know, that you you felt like, you know, we could be um, value to what you're trying to do and how you're, how you're trying to inspire people.
2: Yeah, Chuck, thanks. Thanks a lot for having us. Uh, had, a, had a great time. I appreciated the opportunity, man. I, I think, you know, building um, and developing that leadership quality um, is huge you know it, it it is a huge piece and you know as, as we talked about the the what can be done with the coaches for action um everybody get out and vote you know get out and vote i don't care who you're voting for um it doesn't matter but you know go out and and use your right and, and get out and vote
0: i am just so thankful your insights are really incredible you know so much of what we've learned on the podcast and in Doing or having these conversations is that, you know, everyone, there's not one right answer, but that there's so much to be learned when you realize, hey, different people can come at these things from different angles. It's about making it your own and embracing what works for you. And so I think having you both here has been awesome. I am uh, just really excited you guys both took the time. Thank you so much. And uh, whoever's listening, I hope they do as well take the time to vote. You know, you have a chance to have a voice, you got to use it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks to Dwayne and Justin for joining me on Innovators on Tap and sharing some lessons from their career. And also, the challenge to all of us speak out against the injustices you see. Use your platform to do it. We all have a platform, whether it's big or small. We want to thank all of you who have embraced this show and helped us grow our audience so far, including our sponsor. Husco International. While well, we are proud of our success, we're just getting started and hope that you will tell your friends about the show. We would also really appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Please note that we have additional resources available on our website at InnovatorsOnTap.com, including transcripts, articles, and an option to sign up for the Innovation Alley newsletter. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Let's go change the world.